welcome to church and other drugs. My name Debish. My name is Debish. <laughs> My name is also Debish. <laughs> welcome to the show with Debish and Debish. <laughs> Uh, my name's Jed. Sup, y'all. Sup, y'all. Um, what's going on, man? Been a long um, time. Been a long time since you've been on the uh, the program. It has been a long time. I I thought I got written off, but here I am. I thought my character was killed off. Yeah, it just didn't work in the in the third season. Like, it just didn't work out, man. We we went we went in a a, a culturally insensitive direction. Yeah, there was no room for an Indian guy. There was, like, ah, the dark guy is the first one to go, always. 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 Um, facts. Super facts. So I, I had a million dollar idea that I found out, like, one as as every million dollar idea that it already exists. <laughs> right. You know what you want to know what it, was? Yeah, what it was? Yeah, what was it? What was it? Uh, Tinder for AA. That already exists. Well, and okay, so so check it. It's super ethically wrong, but like you know, that's a million dollar idea. No, it's totally a million dollar yeah. idea. It's called like it's called like sober or something like that. I looked oh it up. Maybe God. it's not very. Maybe we could make a better one. But that's a right. that's a fucking million dollar idea, dude. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great way to spread STDs. Yes, it is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, this this old old myth uh, came up again. So I just feel the need to laugh at it. I, I, it happens every couple of months. But um, have you ever seen people try to get high from an orange peel and toothpaste? Yeah, or a banana peel. Or a banana peel and toothpaste. I, mm-hmm. I, it's so funny to me, and it's like nobody knows that that like doesn't work (laughs) where did this come from i would like to think that some guy was like this is going to be funny for like 40 years and he would just like (laughs) spread this on the internet and i don't know i i I don't know where it came from it had to be prison yeah yeah i mean i don't know i guess anything will get you high in prison i i remember when i was on when i was on probation i um i was like researching all this stuff because i couldn't get high and so I found out that like the ancient Egyptians would um, would like marinate lotus flowers in wine, and then drink this lotus wine and eat the flower, and it has some sort of uh, benzodiazepine like effect, like a Valium or something. And so I did that thinking I was using lotus flowers, but they were really lilies. And I was, <laughs> it was like totally placebo effect. I was like, yeah, man, this is like Valium. You know, I was like 17 years oh, old. Oh, that's hilarious. So. Yeah, we, oh, th- this is, this is pretty funny. Like I just, I looked it up on a message board and the first person's like, see, when you put toothpaste on the peel, ergot, the fungus used in the synthesis of LSD, starts to grow on the peel. That's the black mold you see. Ergot, when eaten whole, does contain ergotine, so it will produce some visuals, but it only has about 30 other alkaloids in it. And the best thing to do is uh, do the orange peel thing, rip off the ergot, and take it to a chemist and see if they can make it to LSD. The next guy, just, just in one sentence... You sir are batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. This let me like drive over to my chemistry lab. And yeah, talk like about get out of here, dude. <laughs> oh man. 
Um, crazy kids and their crazy drugs. Oh, so I was debating whether like how how to address this because it's like sensitive. So I went to an intervention last night, right? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was with some Christian friends of mine, and yeah, and and I'll preface this with I in no way take lightly this whole subject matter so it's Mm -hmm. not really about that but it just made me realize the just the misunderstanding out there and like i'm glad i was there because it was a lot of like like the person was still high that 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 was one thing and then so it was it was a lot of like attempted moral psychology and like you just need to see that you have so much to live for and you just and, and I, I was just like no 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 like none of this is gonna work at all none like of none of this you need to go to rehab like tonight like right there's like no yeah. yeah that's why i texted you um yeah yeah and then the emotional appeal and, and all it was that. nothing but emotional appeal it was nothing yeah. but emotional appeal and i would be like okay and I would just interject, and I was like, "Look, I'm sorry to be the asshole, but like, mm-hmm. you're. This is not going to work. You will forget this tomorrow. Like, right? Wh- right? Wh- why are you not going to get high tomorrow? Like, yeah, and, yeah. And- I mean, you have a brain that tells me I'm going to die now if I don't use. You know, I have a brain that tells me that you're telling me I'm going to die tomorrow. Oh well." I'm gonna die right That's now. That's what I'm saying. You're not think. Yeah, you're not thinking about it. Yeah. Right. And right. I hate it because I do believe in Jesus and the power of prayer and all of that. But it, I guess it mm-hmm. took me a while to realize. Like, I guess you need both. Like, there, there's a practicality to it. Like, you st- there's a lot of stuff you have to actually do. You actually have to, yeah, I mean, you cannot, there is prayer does not work by itself, man. I mean, it's, you know, you have to actually. Typically, we'll, I'll say, I'll know, say, I'll say typically. Typically, typically, yeah, we'll say typically, I'll, I'll support that too. But it's just like in so many situations, it's like, you know, if you have a family member struggling with drug addiction or, you know, these other things and you think you'll just pray and go to church 10 times a, a week. I mean, good luck, man. You actually have to do stuff that's a lot harder. Like, yeah. take them the fuck out your house. Yeah, you know? that's that's, that's <laughs> like, the hard thing. Yeah, and that's you know what, what I mean. Praying is so much easier than that. I wish it were so simple, man. Um, But good luck, you know, and if you're still getting loaded five, 10 years later, still acting like, you know, insert maladaptive behavior here then, um, yeah, obviously this, this prayer business isn't, you got to do more than that, you know? Yeah. But so that was, a, it was an interesting experience. Um, yeah. But it, it resolved, she's, as it stands now, uh, that person's going to. Um, going to treatment? Going to start IOP. That was okay. the. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and when that, you know. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. We're gonna start there, dude. We're we're gonna start there. So I'm cool with that. That's a start, and then at least you get your foot into that world. Let me ask you this: Do you do you know anyone that you consider a real alcoholic or a real drug addict who got sober in IOP and stayed sober for any length of time? Hmm. Hmm. No. 
I, <laughs> I, I, I was really, I was really like searching too. I was brain, really yeah. racking the brain. I know um, like a few people, maybe just. I'm sure, less like than five. Yes, less than five for sure. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. It does help for the people that haven't quite lost it all yet. Like it, it totally. can help, but so. no, <laughs> like just no. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And especially yeah. like the the drug involved. Well, so well the drug involved here is meth. So that's why like it mm. could. It, it's possible because meth works usually in sprees. Yeah, right. Sprees, so if then you so the detox for meth doesn't normally require medical attention. No, um, yeah. it, it's not. At, I'll say it's not as unmanageable as an opiate addiction. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I do. I do. So, hmm. yeah, man. So I don't know. Yeah. Be, um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hopefully, she gets she gets better. Um. I want to give a quick shout out to Tisa J in Lafayette. Um, I just talked to her briefly, and uh, I know she's an avid listener and uh, shares some pretty powerful words with me about personal stuff. And you know, just just wanted to say thank you. Um, and thanks for being a supporter and listener. And uh, yeah, and I and I want to say, uh, where's my love, Tisa? I you know. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I only started this, you know, I only started this thing. It's no big deal, but, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you. It's just, it's still a cool thing to, uh, to be a part of. Um, so yeah, however we can help is, is awesome. Um, go to hell to Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, also I got to give a shout out to skip intro function on Netflix. Oh yeah, is, I still haven't that, gotten that, dude. What? It doesn't gum up for you? It no. Doesn't say well, maybe it has. I haven't checked recently, but no. Oh, I've I've dude. I've been in TVs. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty legit function, my it's friend. It's just so legit. You notice how all the intros are the same now? Like they're different, yeah. but it's like it's like camera shots of yeah, of funny. everyday inanimate objects in like right. three sixty degrees, or they're like melting, or they're in water, or suspended <laughs> in the air. With, That's true. Isn't it? It's like all like of 10 them. Seconds. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, like no. Some of them are like, like the old Family Matters intro. Like that oh, those are great. Was long, son. Yeah. They know yeah. we don't have an attention span anymore. They know this. It's true. Yeah. They they're literally saying like, okay, you can skip it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know. We know. We know. We know. Um. Well, let's get to the interview real quick. This is this is one we've been really waiting for. It's me and Debesh's old counselor and current. Uh, mentor and just all around life badass Jeffrey awesome, Dupree. Dupree, Dupree. Coo, 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 coo.
Uh, yeah, and Debesh Marlin asked me today. Um, they were talking about taking the the test for your RAC, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I, I have a little bit of time to take the test." And he was like, "Oh, I thought you already took it." And I was like, "No." And he's like, "So you just got like your provisional license?" And I was like, "Yeah, if you want to be a dick about it." <laughs> yeah, asshole. I know. I'm a master of the custodial arts. That's right. That's right. So we're here with Jeffrey Dupree. Dupuy. Dupuy. Dude, I realize I've been Dupuy. spelling you. I've been spelling your name wrong for, I guess, 13 years now because I just looked. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was D. I thought it was with an R, you know. Uh, even I knew that back in the day, and I was like, <laughs> So Je- Jeffrey has the honor of, of being former counselor to, to both me and Debesh separately. And when I moved to Lafayette, he, he sent me a text. He was like, hey, you should, really, you should look up this guy out there that I know. He's really cool. And he, I'd already met you, and he sent me, or I'd heard about you, and he sent me your number, and I was like, oh, Debesh, okay. Small world. <laughs> yeah, I remember it took, a while, it took a while, too, for you to like hit me up, though, on that level. And I was, he was just like, oh, yeah. you're probably it like, was, who it, is this guy? No, it was because Jordan Yinston thought you were an asshole. <laughs> is that why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All because he probably misread something. Uh, so, so that's great. Jeffrey, what are you doing? I'm not, not going to hook. I'm not going to hook you up with an asshole. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, call this dude. He's a real dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. And here we are, like five years later. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a trip? Well, this is the. All this is such a trip. So, yeah, Jeffrey was real. probably my. F- mm, I don't know. My first influential counselor, I guess, really one that I remember, and that was back in 2005. And we've mm. kept in touch, like tangentially, uh, over the years. And then actually, like right before I started school for counseling, I, if you remember, I called you and I was like, "Should I do this? Like, is this rewarding?" I do. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, your your answer was what got me." You're like, "Well." we're having this conversation, aren't we? And I was like, that's a very good point. Like, this is cool. <laughs> right. Indeed. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so how did you and Debesh meet though? Uh, I'll let Debesh tell you. So, uh, <laughs> I, think I'll, I think I want to talk a bit about my story and then, and then get, so, and then get Jeffrey's take, like, because I've I've told my twelve step story so many times, and then there was, you know, and you're you're kind of in it, you know, and uh, and so I like to like kind of briefly tell that piece, and then yeah, see uh, see what your perspective of the whole thing was, but okay. um, yeah, yeah. So um, so I when I talk about this, I talk about you know in twelve step we talk about the phenomenon of craving and the uh, and the obsession and stuff, and I'm sitting in this treatment center, outpatient treatment center, and um. And I'm getting I'm getting loaded. You know, we go to group Monday through Thursday and from six to nine and at nine o'clock, you know, I would I would leave group. I would piss in a bottle and I would put it in my fridge. Right. And so and then I call my guy. He's just gotten done uh, screwing over a few cartels and getting going back from India and get a bunch of cocaine from him and proceed to do that all weekend. And uh, and oh, then we get it. You're cool. 
Yeah, yeah, and I would, <laughs> and I would, and so, and I would come to group, and I would, I would, uh, I would, I would like, I would stop using on Sunday, and then on Monday and Tuesday, I would use my piss, and um, and so this, and then by Wednesday, I was clean, right? And so I did this for about two weeks, and then, uh, one, you know, what happened was one one day, I it's like Thursday, and I'm running out of clean piss because I kept on using that Monday and Tuesday, right? And so, um, and so I don't know what to do, and I'm, and I'm, you know, creeps like, like five minutes away, and I'm like, I'm gonna get drug tested. I don't know what to do, and I, and I, and I'm shuffling through my medicine cabinet, my spice rack, and I see some curry powder, right? And, and suddenly the thought crosses my mind: if I mix some curry powder with the water, I can create some clean piss. So, which, like, so, what, what kind of Indian logic is that, like? <laughs> Exactly. Is it, is it? It's like an Indian panacea or whatever. It's just a cure all. Just curry powder solves your problems. Curry powder on everything. It's like tussin. Put some tussin on it. Put some tussin on like, it. Yeah. Put some, put some turmeric on it. It's like it's like it's like brown gravy for white people. It's like Tony Sasher. It's like Tony Sasher. Yes. That's right. Just put some Tony Sasheries in this UDS cup. I introduced my dad to Tony Sasheries this Christmas, and it changed his life. Exactly. Oh, he loves it. So anyway, I show up to group, and I give this bottle, I give this curry concoction to Jeffrey, and I and I go to group, and like there's five minutes left, and uh, and Jeffrey's like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm a legend in my own mind. I'm going to get away with this. This is awesome. I'm going to go do a bunch of cocaine. And Jeffrey yanks me out of group with five minutes left, and there's this stuff just floating around in this cup. And he's like, "Debesh, man, what what is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know, man. It's curry powder. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> and that led to a series of events that got me into inpatient. I've been sober pretty much ever since that day. And nice. uh, when, yeah. when was that? When was that? That was. 2011, um, okay. 2011, like uh, probably mid December. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'll tell you what I remember about that. Okay. So, so, <laughs> Jed, don't like, don't let the best like think he was being all slick. Uh, uh, we knew he was slipping and sliding everywhere because it's fucking obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, you're coming into to a group with people trying to get sober and you're not. And yeah, people are so like, you knew. you knew the whole time. Sure, you know, you're like this dude here. Uh, and, shit, I remember even at one point, like your mom and dad came into the office. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, I'm kind of intimidated by these people, but, yeah. you know, what's going on here? And, uh, yeah, man, so, like, when you came in with that uh, concoction, um, <laughs> I was like, okay. And I think when I told you, I was like, dude, we got, we got two options here. Like, either, like, there's really something wrong with your junk, yeah. and we need to yeah. go to the hospital. <laughs> I remember that. Or this didn't quite hear it. <laughs> Dude, that's classic. And you were like, yeah, it's curry powder. <laughs> Can I tell you, we still laugh about that shit. 
That's awesome. Oh, I hope so. And, and, and can I tell you, every time he tells that story, he cold got away with it for like two weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, pretty much, you pretty much just smashed me. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, my whole story. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was the same night, like just floating in there. <laughs> I, my, 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 like one, this is one I did get over on, on Jeffrey. Uh, 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 I came home one day. It wasn't, it was, it was like a, 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 I'll call it a rehab innocent getting over but I came home from work one day and everyone was outside and I was like oh shit and Jeffrey was standing there and I was trying to go inside and he was like uh uh-uh, uh we're doing house search and I was like oh okay yeah no big deal and I had CDs and this is when CDs were strictly forbidden and uh I was like okay but I really gotta go take a piss and you're like okay just hurry back so I ran in there like opened the trash can uh, like took the trash bag out, threw the CDs at the bottom, and then t- put the trash back on top of the <laughs> CDs, and then ran back out and like clean escaped that Nothing. one. Nothing. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I guess this is me. Uh, I owe you an amends for lying about having CDs. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess what you need to do to make it right is go tell your story at a treatment center to include that somewhere. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's well, that's well, that's the, these and give those same exact CDs away. They're they're gonna be, what the hell's a CD? Is first what they're gonna say? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, what's a CD? Yeah. That's so, I, I, no. Go so ahead, Jed. Why, why don't you talk a little bit about or, or Debesh, Are you finished? Uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that part. Because mm-hmm. I think it was shortly after that that I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, dude, you gotta go somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, that's what you were like. I just lost my job, and you were like, Depeche, the universe is aligning itself for you to go to treatment. And, like, y'all had got me a bed in an inpatient treatment center, and I was like, I remember I lost my job, and they called me back. They're like, no, Depeche, you're like, uh, you can come back. And I was like, no, nah, man, I think, like, the universe is aligning itself for some shit. And um, <laughs> Your boss was like, he's definitely on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why, but I believed you, Doc. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, it's true. Obviously, it was. it's true. Like it was all of very your true. All of your so bullshit true. excuses about like why I can't go to rehab or why I can't get sober. Like I the universe was like not. taking him away. Taking him away yeah. one by one, and I had I had no excuse left. No yeah, excuse. I love that. I didn't either, man. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a girl. Right. Like. Yeah. Right. What were you What were you asking though? Well, Jed, I was going to ask like you to share a little about your rehab experience. Oh, with with you? Yeah. Oh man. Well, like so this was my first Yeah, I think this was my first like hardcore 12-step um long-term treatment center oh, or whatever. And I was young. I was 17. Uh, never been to Louisiana. And so the other guy in charge was like a hard ass. Um, and then I got assigned Jeffrey as my counselor and he's this, this just this cool breeze hippie guy, right? Cool. Cool. Hey, what's up, man? I'm Jeffrey. Hey. Cool. Cool. And, uh, <coughs> and you like, I remember you like sold me when you had me, uh, write my story as, uh, like an epic hero story. I don't even know if you remember that. 
that's a good assignment. It is, yeah. Like you have me write like basically like my own like version of uh like hero of a thousand faces type thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was totally. like, this is really cool. Um, yeah, you were never that. You were never that. You were the. You were definitely the the good cop. I would say, at least with me. Uh, I never saw you. I'm trying to think of a time you like. I can't even really think of a time you flipped out on people. I remember yeah. uh, when the kid brought the cookies in and. Cookies. Do you remember that? I don't know. I brought cookies. Okay. Well, this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, there's been so many cookies. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's very. Do you remember cookies? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey likes cookies. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, Sid had brought some cookies in. I think you remember I Sid. Remember that kid. I yeah. Do. Yeah. And uh, Mr. P Diddy <laughs> called, called a group. P Diddy was the the harsh ruler. Called a group and was like, "Hey, Sid, did did you bring cookies in here?" And, and Sid was like, "Uh, yeah." And he goes, "That's like." Going in, that's like going into my house, fucking my wife, and coming on my pillow. Is that what you want, Sid? That's like saying, fuck you. And like, this is in front of an entire group. And we were like, holy shit. Like, he just brought in some cookies, dude. And he lost his mind. Lost it. Oh, and I I remember, I think it was you that found out. Yeah, that 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 just that wasn't Jeffrey who did that. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I I, I can't <laughs> think the of. Other dude. I remember that too, and I had oh. the same reaction, going, "Oh, okay." I I do. Re- just sitting there eating the cookies, like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Jeffrey likes cookies. Thank you. I I do remember you being part of. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be wrong, but you were part of the intervention squad when I relapsed out of there and I was shooting coke in that apartment and y'all all came and got me out there? I remember that. I yeah. remember that vaguely. Because we had done it for someone else a couple months prior. Yeah, also yeah. Uh, Brent's down here too. He's doing great. Good. Yeah, it's hilarious. So that's the other cool thing too is like all like – it was so long ago, but all of us are still together. Obviously, we've had uh, this is Dirty Mike's counselor too, for the oh, wow. the congregation. God, I'm so oh yeah, sorry. you didn't. Yeah, the, so <laughs> so like oh, the, that too the, was great. The connected dots here are just insane. Um, yeah, but I do remember that, and I remember uh, asking you if I should go to Cinecore or Teen Challenge. That was like four years ago. Four. God, Ooh. talk about a rock and a hard place, dude. Yeah, totally. Really? I tell you, I, I tell you what I remember, man. And it'll stick with me forever because I thought you were gonna die. Mm. Was uh, you were in a hospital bed, and uh. your mom was in town, uh, and uh, I was trying to remember her name. The other counselor, the, the short, Marcia. older lady. Oh, uh, Glenda. Glenda. So, like, your mom called me and asked me if I'd come to the hospital. And so I did. And uh, she wanted me to take you back in my program. Mm. Uh, and bas- basically, I was like, I can't do it. Like, Jed's done it. Jed's mm. done this whole program, and he's going to fucking die. And mm. I'm going to cry. And uh, oh. I got to go. <laughs> like, tubes all sticking out of you and stuff. Man, that was hard. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, I thought you were. I thought you were gone. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That's so those crazy. those yeah. are the yeah those are the. How many of like the how many deaths have you been close to over the years, like that? I mean, how many people were close to death, or how many people have died? How many I mean, people have died that that like? Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, man, I can't I can't even tell you. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> there's a list of them. You know, damn. Um, and um, the hardest part is, is the 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 moms and dads. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. So how is your like? So what do you do now? I I, I kind of want to dive into the um, okay. interview a counselor part of it now. So yeah, what what's your title okay. now? So I, I wear a couple of different hats. Um, so uh, my job that I've had longest now is working as part of a group, uh, integrative and holistic psychiatric practice. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so the woman who's in charge of our practice uh, is a, also a holistic medicine doctor. Um, we have uh, uh, two psychiatrists, two Chinese medicine doctors who work with us, who also do acupuncture, wow. counseling, massage, and nutrition. That's so awesome. Yeah, That's kind so of what I'm trying to get more into right now is that, that integrative path, you know? Yeah. Well, see, and I was I was curious because you used to be like how obviously you've transitioned from strictly twelve step. Yes. And yeah. like how how long ago was that? I mean, I was I I was branching out from twelve step strictly twelve step back when I was at Saint Chris. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know. Um. Uh, so it's uh, I've never considered uh, AA or twelve step programs to be the only way mm -hmm. um and uh so I, I always made it a point to try to educate myself about what are the other options that are out there yeah um <clears throat> and so my um the other gig that i have and this one is kind of revolutionary for me uh i'm calling it my uh i can't help you get better if you're dead clinic mm -hmm. um i decided to open up uh, it's called medication assisted recovery centers and mm -hmm. it's an opioid maintenance program Really? So, so we've, yeah. So we've got mm -hmm. folks who are coming in who have taken Suboxone off the street mm -hmm. and know that, like, if I take this medicine, I don't do dope and everything yeah. seems to go better. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is my way of going, you know what? It's it, it's a starting point. Totally. Um, hmm. That's totally. And, and uh, we, we, uh, uh, we have free group therapy if they're interested. We have counseling if they're interested. Um, and so it's my way of meeting them where they're at because traditionally what addiction treatment has done is said, you know, well, if you're not willing to do it our way, then you're not ready. We can't help you. Yeah. You know, um, and, and so many people are dying right. with this opioid right. crisis. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Is, it, is it strictly you know? Suboxone or do methadone or? The methadone. Um, so it's buprenorphine. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Subo Suboxone or uh, Subsolve is another brand name. Unival is another product. Yeah. Um, and we also do Vivitrol. Well, why don't you go ahead and, uh, we've talked about it a lot, but go ahead and explain to people what Suboxone and Vivitrol is. 
Sure. So uh, Suboxone is a brand name. Uh, it is a combination of buprenorphine, which is an opiate, partial agonist, partial antagonist, and a complete opiate antagonist called naloxone. <clears throat> naloxone is just in the medicine for a safety precaution. So what happens is you take uh, Suboxone, you put it under your tongue, and you let it uh, dissolve in your mouth. It comes in this little orange strip that tastes horrible. Uh, Disagree. And, and so, uh, <laughs> right, for some people it tastes like victory. Yeah, uh, the, the super Yeah, jumpers. like it's yeah. like napalm in the morning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so taken correctly, uh, what I tell patients to do is to, to sit with their feet flat on the floor and put a magazine or an iPad or something between their feet and let the saliva collect in their mouths and then spit and rinse and spit. Um, because if you're taking it properly, you're not getting any naltrexone. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting any of the blockers. So it's a common misconception. Um, the only time that comes into play is if you try to break it down and either shoot it, shoot it or I assume snort it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that's the safety feature. That's just kind of the extra thing. That's how the airbag works. So you really don't have to worry about that. Um, buprenorphine, what it does is it partially turns on the opiate receptor. And what happens is for somebody who is opiate dependent, they feel normal. Uh, withdrawal symptoms go away, uh, and they're able to function um, just like they have been doing. Um, you know, when you talk to people who've been using opiates for a long time, none of them is saying I'm using to get high. Um, everyone talks about using to get normal, you know, or to get straight. To get to get straight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, what happens is this medicine allows people to get normal uh, without fully turning on the receptor. So generally, people don't get high. From it, if you're taking it correctly. No. Uh, and you're taking. Uh, and so hold on. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, I want to finish. Yeah. I yes, finish Jeffrey. The, the, I'm sorry. The other part. Okay, <laughs> the other part of it. So buprenorphine also uh, has a, a very high affinity for the opiate receptor cells, which means that it binds really tightly. And so if you take your medicine and then you try to take some heroin on top of it or take some Oxycontin or whatever, you try to take an opiate on top of it, it, block, it blocks that. So uh, when you're taking it properly, you, you feel normal. Um, and then if you try to override it, your brain eventually learns that, well, that doesn't work. Um, and so that's the goal with somebody is to take this medicine as directed at the right dosage and for them to go about their lives uh, that they tell me are a lot better. You know, um, ha having come up, come up in a, a 12 step tradition um, and in counseling, part of my brain is like, but you're not doing it right. You know, that yeah. was that was uh, because in AA we preach abstinence um, <laughs> and in medicine, which we, we preach a, a reduction of symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to come around uh, to being really comfortable with this medicine. Mm -hmm. um, and at this point in, in my professional life, I'm all for it. You know? All right. Man, um, that's crazy. 
I mean, and when you see such a crisis as we have now, it's kind of hard not to be like, okay, you know, somebody's belief systems about what is and isn't good and moral is just like, yeah, but he's alive, so your belief systems are kind of kind of arbitrary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, and, just, and you know, it's and like. Even- it- even on this show, I've talked a bunch of shit about Suboxone because I, I was on it. I was on thirty-two milligrams a day for two and a half yeah. years. Yeah, that's um, too much. Yeah, huh? I mean the the way. Yeah, that's way too much. Like especially in Louisiana, I feel like the overprescription thing and is, is kind of a, you know it's kind of a problem. But I mean, for some folks, I think that have tried every other way. It's just yeah. like, eh, well, and, I, and so I guess. Do you do you? Do well, you I'm at the point where, you know, it's like teenagers and HIV. So I don't know if you guys know, but in, in Louisiana, we have one of the highest new cases of HIV rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, ideally, 12-year-olds aren't having sex. Mm-hmm. 14-year-olds aren't having sex, but that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. So does that mean, well, I'm not going to give you any condoms, and if you get HIV, it's your own fault. Right. Yeah, right, right. that's a fair ridiculous. point. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know, and, but still with, with quote-unquote those people, those mm. dirty addicts, I mm-hmm. hate that shit. It's a hangover <laughs> where people think, oh, well, they did it to themselves sometimes. Somehow. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that kills me. Yeah. Are, are yeah, you for long term Suboxone use? I, so here's why I've kind of landed with it. Um, mm-hmm. First thing is I'm for whatever works for the patient. Mm-hmm. And I guess how I've come to look at it. So I'm pre diabetic. Mm-hmm. And this is true. I'm pre-diabetic. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I went to see my doctor. It's kind of a funny story. I got a new doctor about two years ago, and I went to see her. <clears throat> and she told me, she said, Jeffrey, you're obese and diabetic by just a little bit. And I was like, damn. <laughs> my old doctor said I was doing great for New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a pear Right. What? So this new doctor says, yeah, but for anyone else in the country, you're a little bit obese and diabetic. <laughs> And so I can't afford a pre-existing condition because we know those are going to screw us up. And uh, so what I tell her, I'm like, look, let's, I'll make you a deal. Let's not diagnose this today. Give me six months. And if I can correct it with diet and exercise, we're good. And so, you know, she just smiles and laughs because I'm sure everybody says this all the time. And she's like, yeah, I'll take that bet. Right. Uh, and so, you know, for the first three months, I didn't do anything because I got six months. Uh, and for the same, once it started getting closer, I started to diet and exercise and I went hmm. back and I had lost like 12 pounds and like my liver function was back to normal and like it, it was great. And, and hmm. so because I was willing to put in the effort, I am managing a chronic progressive condition that hmm. if not dealt with will kill me. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I say that. In comparison with the opioid crisis, that if somebody comes into my office and says, I want to get better, basically I tell them, you got two options. Um, but what I tell them at first is, let's get you on medicine, because you might die before either option is going to work. Okay. Um, so, so if you're coming in, you're overdosing, and you need to be have some sort of protective measure, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. And... So the two paths into recovery that I see is, you know, you're taking medicine and either you're going to make the behavioral changes to get into a recovery lifestyle or you're not. Yeah. 
So when I went back to my doctor's office, I could have done nothing, and she probably would have put me on medicine. Hmm. But but since I made the behavioral changes, diet and exercise, yeah, recovery lifestyle, whatever that looks like, you know, right. you're going to you're going to twelve step program, you're going to refuge recovery, you're going to a faith based program, you're, you're going to the ashram, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, right. doing guess... something. Well, that's and actually, I mean, I don't really say this too much in my story per se in the rooms because I think it may uh, give people the wrong idea. But um, maybe I should say, say it is that, I mean, I worked my first round of the steps. I worked on a very low dose of Suboxone and I yeah. had yeah. without a doubt the vital, you know, white light spiritual experience. You know what I mean? On a, a pretty low, it was maybe two milligrams a day, something like that. But um, it happened for me, you know, yeah. And, and I was able yeah. to sit in a room and retain information. And, and look, I've detox, you know, I detoxed all over the place. It's not, you know, I wasn't uncomfortable with detox. It's just this was uh, my options and treatment, you know. And I think it was ultimately it was helpful for me to be able to sit in a room, to be able to you know go to a meeting, absorb information. Um, yeah, if, if 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 people can't sit in the seat and hear the message whether it's from a therapist or from a 12-step program or whatever, if they can't function at a high enough level to be able to utilize that, mm -hmm. I mean, it's worthless. Right. Well, so what, right. Are, you, you know? what, are, you, what are you seeing results-wise, if, hmm. if you can even get to, like, brass tacks I'm, on it? I'm seeing people not die. That's, okay. that's, where, I, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, that's... I'm seeing people not die. And, right. like... So I think part of what's difficult is people who get into like a 12-step recovery program or uh, like I go to refuge recovery meetings too, oh, nice. um, I get to see them. Mm -hmm. And so I know they're doing better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're doing the behavioral and, work, yeah. Yeah. And so Good. there are other people who, um, now I haven't been doing this long enough uh, to have any... Like, like this is new. We opened this four months ago. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is my response to 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 like well, having one too, one too many people die. Mm. Um, but anecdotally, um, I know some folks who have been on it for years. They take their medicine. Their lives are better according to their standards, and they go about their business. Yeah. 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 It, well, what comes to mind also is, is our mutual friend that got back on Suboxone after years of sobriety and ended up taking him oh. back out. So, well, and I guess I'm, you know, I realize that I'm plucking a solitary story out of how many success stories, but. Excuse me. Good, good Lord. You're... Please edit, edit that shit out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> God. that's a drinking problem it went down the wrong way yeah exactly um, so <laughs> you know in that particular case and I've, I've talked to dude about it I, I think the fact that it was suboxone was that that's what was available that was handy like it didn't have anything to do yeah. with the medicine yeah mm. that's that's fair that's fair you know um it's not like he decided to, he wanted to be on this medication and went about it the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had people 
try to get sober without medication that it didn't work for. And so they decide, I'm going to get on medication. And they wind up being able to stay sober. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that it, it seems to be, it is a tool, like a cast on a broken leg. Right. That yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of using it in the beginning, like yeah. you know. And, and so if we got to put put you into a cast and then get you into a walking boot, and then you're going to have to do a lot of uh, physical therapy and stuff that's painful and stuff yeah. that you don't want to do in order to walk properly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you just go, you know what, Doctor John's got a really badass looking cane. I'm gonna get you one of those. <laughs> Right, and they're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get a cane." Or that, or that. See, I'm it, get a cane with, a, with a sword in it. And, right. <laughs> and see, in my Suboxone doctor, I mean, it was a, it was a, a joke. I mean, he had me on yeah. ninety. I got ninety Adderall, thirties a month, ninety Xanax, two milligrams, and thirty-two milligrams of Suboxone. <laughs> oh, that was my man. prescription. Welcome yeah, to see, Louisiana. That's, yeah. And then that's we would. Not a, Addiction treatment doctor. That's yeah. just a fucking. That's, that's literally better than heroin. I mean, I remember it, doing that combination for a while, with with like a Corona, you know, or two. Like, like it's just like. Just, talk oof. about a nightmare to get off. Of. Yeah, I went. I remember yeah. I moved right. to South Carolina and I tried to get my no. prescription transferred, and the doctor looked at me and he's like, like "There's no way in like, hell I'm prescribing you this." Yeah, like, like is this for your whole wrote family? this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> You got yeah. babies at home? And, well, so how did so you are a, a former heroin addict, right? Did You're I make that up? Bash or me? You? Uh, no, I'm not. I've been I'm living not. a I, lie. <laughs> no, I've never. I thought never you used were. Heroin. It was alcohol. No. What was it? Yeah. Ah, I mean, I poly poly substances. What we used to call it. I would do whatever yeah. you had. So, yeah. daily drinker, daily weed smoker. Uh, I had a problem with benzos at one point. If you had cocaine, I'd do it all with you. Uh, you know, a lot of hallucinogens. Uh, pretty much, the, and, and you know, I've tried opiates. Uh, uh, heroin was not readily available when I got sober, right before I got sober. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't try it. But you know, back back sure, in 30, 36. That's right. Back before they wrote the big book. No, nah, so back. Back. <laughs> Yo, this dude scored heroin from Bill Wilson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no. Luckily, I, I, I got I got sober before the the crisis hit. Uh, OxyContin was the big thing, and um, oh yeah, by by just a luck of the genetic dice, like I'm not wired for it. Oh you know? yeah, that's yeah. Are, yeah, are you are you? Are you one that that um, subscribes to the? And I guess it's not even really a, a choice. Apparently, it's like fact now that there is like for opiate users specifically, there's a genetic piece. Yeah, is that? It's oh yeah. It's Look, when when Jeffrey was my counselor, I went and I did that genetic testing, and uh, it said that I did indeed have the the kind of like opiate gene. I mean, all, all genetic testing is correlationally based. You know what I mean? It's just you know this many people with with heroin addiction. I, I I believe this is true. Like have you know this specific gene or higher amounts of this allele or enzyme. Um, but like I had it. You know. Yeah. So what it's what it is? It's a, it's a genetic 
malfunction on the mu opioid receptor. Yeah. Uh, and, and it predisposes people to opiate addiction. Right. Because for those people, so for like 90% of the population, uh, they take an opiate and like they get groggy and tired and they want to just lay on the couch and maybe their tummy hurts. Throw up, yeah. Mm -hmm. For somebody who's got the uh, the biochemical brain disease we call addiction, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically for opiates, when they take that pill or they take that shot, they're like, let's clean the house. Yes. Get, a, yes. get up and let's do yeah. some shit. It's like, it's let's like the summer dwarves start yeah. whistling, hi ho, hi ho. Like, you know, get ready to go do some shit. Seriously. And that is not what most people experience. Abnormal experience, you know. Totally. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, so do I subscribe to, to that? Absolutely, I do. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's That's a like, lot of people, a lot of, I'll, I'll call them, quote, normal that are getting, I mean, temporarily hooked to opiates, like, by just by trying them? Or, hmm, that's that's, that's very awkwardly worded, but if, if you can kind okay. of tease out so what I, I'm saying there. Like, like think, a physical dependence, like, kind of? Yeah, so I think what you're talking about, it, so let's talk about the difference between addiction and physical dependence. Hmm. Um because a lot of people don't understand that. So uh, a normal person goes to the hospital for surgery, say they're put on, say it's a really bad surgery or some sort of long-term treatment for cancer, whatever. They're in the hospital for a long time and they're taking opiates. After about 15 to 20 days, they're going to develop a physical dependence, meaning when those opiates are stopped, they're going to have withdrawal symptoms. So... When the, the opiates stop, they are they feel sick, they feel cranky, they feel discombobulated. Uh, they may not have put two and two together yet. They may just feel like, well, I've got the flu and this really sucks. But two weeks later, they're not sitting at home going, wow, I wish I really had to laud it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Their I wish brain, I was getting surgery again. Right. <sighs> yeah. I knew a guy. I think he was in treatment with Jed. Maybe, maybe not. But I had a patient once who told me he intentionally crashed his bicycle to break his collarbone so he could go get some pain pills. Yeah, yeah. I did that. Yeah, I, Jed if, did that. Yeah, look, if you can see it, I, I set my hand on fire. To on get, purpose? Yeah, on purpose, with a Bic lighter. Yeah, to the to the muscle. Just to get pain pills. I used to, I was one, I was the one that would, <clears throat> when I broke my arm, I would slam it in a car door to get opiates. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, okay. So you're that guy, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, that guy uh, was so, actually Jed that you're talking about. Yeah. More than one person. Uh, but, you know, so now when somebody who has this brain disease of addiction, whenever uh, those receptors get stimulated, their brain essentially says, this is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I don't need anything else. Yeah. Um, and, and so their brain you really don't you cannot eat for days and you know I right. mean you don't need anything else no other anything else to create the dopaminergic pathways or any serotonin I mean you can get it all from that you know yeah yeah because mm-hmm. in your brain that's getting encoded in the midbrain mm-hmm. right next to food shelter and sex and the things mm-hmm. I need to survive right. Um, right and your brain goes well we're just going to add opiates to that list right huh. and, and 
So it creates the biochemical signal. Uh, so I can give a whole hour on this, uh, but Preach. and maybe and maybe we will sometime. Uh, uh, but addiction isn't the drug. Addiction is your brain, your biochemical brain state. Um, meaning heroin's not the problem. The right. problem is that heroin or alcohol or weed or cocaine or whatever you're wired for alleviates a state of biochemical imbalance mm-hmm. that is the signal used in our reptilian brain to get us to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So in order to get us to act, there's this, this encoding of information um, that's the reason that food's pleasurable. That's the reason that sex is pleasurable, to get us to do it again. Right. And so on a chemical level, all we're trying to do, Darwinian survival. We're just trying yeah. to get our genes into the next it's generation. It's very evolutionary, yeah. Right. And so what, hap- what happens is that the need to drink and use drugs produces the effect of telling your brain you have everything you need to survive. You have everything you need to get your genes into the next generation. You can relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The opposite it's, of that. It's a lie. Yeah, well, the, the opposite of that, the, the chemical signal that's the opposite of that is famine. You don't have what you need to survive. You're going to die. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so when somebody is, when your brain's encoded that heroin alleviates the you're going to die signal, that trumps everything. Yeah, you know? yes it does. I'm yes, not going to graduate. Does. I'm not going to graduate college. You're going to die. Well, I guess I got to listen to you're going to die. My yeah. girlfriend's going to break you, my girlfriend's going to break up with me. You're going to die. But yeah, you know. Bye, Felicia. Even, even to the point, <laughs> even to the point of your doctor saying, "You keep doing this, you're going to die." Your brain's telling you, "You're going to die now." Yeah. You're going to die now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's why an alcoholic will come from, from the, 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 the nephrologist that's saying your kidneys are shutting down. And he's like, I'm going to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Right. Normal people don't do that shit. Right. You know, it's a form of insanity. Yeah. You know? That's fu- uh, I, uh, go ahead. I've heard it. No, I've just, I've heard it so many times, but this is a, a somewhat different. You're very, do you listen to Bob Forrest at all? No, you and him. Uh, he was on Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. He's the one. He was in Thelonious Monster. He's got the wide brim hat, long hair. He's like he's like a hippie counselor, yeah. like known all over. Uh, I met LA. that he dude. Was in a, he was in he was in Skid that, Row, I think. Yeah. I met that dude backstage at the Chili Pepper show. Yeah, oh, really? really? He's a strange cat. Yeah. Yeah. His baby to a concert. Yeah. <laughs> he's Y'all. His baby in a stroller. <laughs> No, y'all, y'all hit on like some of the exact same notes. Like his podcast, his recovery podcast is called "Don't Die," and like that's all he's just concerned oh, with wow. is like his his changing recovery model. Which it, it, it is interesting because where me and Debesh are right now and where we got sober is is very much the uh, sobriety Nazis of of the Big Book and and blah oh, yeah. and like and you will get run out of a meeting if if you. Mm-hmm talk about medication assisted anything like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i don't think you should be talking about it in a meeting 
Very good. I, 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 I don't think you should be talking about me. I'm sure as fuck not going into an AA meeting and talking about my liver enzymes. Give me medical advice, people. Oh, no, damn, no. that's good. Damn, yeah. that's good. <laughs> damn, that's good. Crazy. And that's, and, that's, and that's one thing. But the other thing for me, what I experienced in New Orleans was trying to work steps with sponsors and Narcotics Anonymous. And I would just lie and tell them I'm not on it. Then I get like, I'd make like a year and I tell them and they'd be like, well, you need to change your clean date. You know, right. Because you're not clean. And when it happened this last time with my with my pretty much current sponsor, you know, I finally told him and he says, hey, man, I, I don't love you anymore. I don't love you any less. He said, now we can actually have a real relationship because you were honest with me. And yeah. I was so used to being thrown away that I was so blown away by that and everything he said was true. And then as soon as I realized that it was making my life unmanageable because I got kicked out of a, of a sober house, that I put it down, you know? Because yeah. I was already in the process of the steps. Are, are you still involved in AA at all? Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. That's I, awesome. I go to most... In fact, I'm I'm chairing a meeting this month. I'm chairing a meeting next month. Nice. I got that's awesome. I got I got sponsees. I, I you know nice. like I'm I'm all about a recovery lifestyle, and and that works cool. for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I find a lot of what I need in it, but I also, uh, you know, and I've always done this. Uh, explore other avenues to yes. If you want to say work an eleventh step to to expand my. Uh, uh, conscious contact with the universe yeah. um, you know that's yeah. one of the things i love about I'm, refuge. I'm, I'm big on that and we should talk more about it man i mean i'm studying uh mindfulness-based relapse prevention it's uh you know the that's mindfulness the kind of yeah, yeah modality out here uh, my mentor pretty much created it um so awesome yeah. uh well christian here uh i'm gonna stop y'all both right there <laughs> Okay, well, we're not going to have yeah. this uh, <laughs> hibbity-dibbity. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, don't, 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 never mind. I'm just, <laughs> never mind. I was going to start throwing some shit out. not going to do it. Uh, no, I know. I, I'm totally kidding. Um, I actually want to try to try to get Noah Levine on here. Um, That'd be cool. That would be I, cool. Yeah. Uh, shit, what was I going to say about that, though? Um. No, that is very cool. And I, I was going to ask, so this is this is a new thing that has come up in my life, and it'll come up on Debeshes soon enough, too. It's like, how do you take, how do you leave work at work? And like, because I just freaking started this, and I'm already experiencing the emotional absorption, the emotional yeah. uh, taxation, the like having to feel like you're on all the time. And, uh, and it's like, it's weird, like, my normal get home decompressed routine is just real weird now. And like, I get home, I don't know. It's, I don't know what, what's, how do you self care? Um, so I do stuff that's not me, or at least I think is not me. And like, what I mean by that is, uh, a friend of mine and I have started meeting at get this six thirty in the morning Ooh. at Audubon park to go jogging. Ooh. I know, right? That's insane. Wow. Who is this guy? <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 I'm doing that. I go to meetings where uh, uh, I go to meetings. You know, yeah. it's a lot easier when, when you're an outpatient, uh, when you're uh, like private practitioner and you're not working at a clinic. Mm. Um, 
where uh, I go to meetings because I'm fucked up. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I mean? I need to go places where like I don't have to take care of anybody. Mm. Um, you know, mm. so I still practice the same uh, uh, stuff that I did to get sober uh, to you know stay sane. Um, mm. My sponsor at the time when I decided to become a counselor, so I was a CIT, the best thing he ever told me was that your job is not your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, That's heavy. And a lot of people get involved with this work really don't get that lesson or listen to it. Yeah. You know. You're my my clients are my sponsees. No, they're not. <laughs> I know. Well, and especially I'm in a place right now too where I'm I'm in my uh my my AA career is is, is real wavy and I'm definitely on a down slope. Like, ugh, don't even feel like doing any of it. Don't like any of the people around here. And so, like, I yeah. I feel that. I'm in that zone right now myself. Yeah, I think it just which which and I guess you can. I mean, I'm sh- surely you have gone through that in your life as well. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That you know, there there are times when uh, 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 when I don't like the people, so I go to a different meet. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I'm. There, <laughs> there, damn there it, time, Jeff. <laughs> He's got something for everything, man. There time, I, I there literally. When I don't want to do the work, so I do a different work. I'm like, all right, I'll pick your ass up. We'll go to a meeting. That'll be twelve step work. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I'm just doing uh, the same thing more bitterly over and yeah. over. You know, look, you stick around long enough, man, you're going to, like, there are a bunch of assholes everywhere. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, and so there's certain meetings I go, I, I don't go to because I'm like, and it could be that there's just, like, one dude there that I can't stand. Uh, but I also recognize, and we're talking, actually was talking about this. I must have a resentment against this dude. Uh, but talking <laughs> Talking about how, like, this gentleman, there's going to be somebody who he might help. Hmm. There are probably 99 other people he's going to turn off from AA, and he might kill them. Hmm. But there might be somebody who needs his method. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm there for the, the, the person that's walking out of the meeting going, this asshole, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come here. You know? <laughs> You know, that's why we got a whole group, a whole group of people, you know, mm-hmm. there are people who don't need my hippy dippy bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what are some of your, uh, we're, we're getting close to winding down. What are you, what are some of your fondest, funniest, whatever moments, memories from working at rehabs? Oh Lord. Uh, if, if you can cherry pick a few. So many. Uh, I, so, so just let me say, like the, the, the rehab that Jed went to was a place in Baton Rouge called St. Christopher's. Um, I loved that place. Yeah, uh, me too. I went through rehab there. Uh, I spent nine months there. Um, I was an alumni and volunteering, uh, and sponsoring guys and such and such when, uh, I had been working for the state department of economic development. Um, uh, mm. my, I, my joke is that it, during my addiction, I woke up out of a blackout with a master's in business administration. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, woke, I woke up with a, with a, yeah, with a bachelor's uh, it's, in, it's in business. It's true. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. yeah. I woke up. I had caught this MBA. Like, I don't know where, where it came from. I hate from. y'all. I, I woke up with seven credits of community college, so y'all can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
so anyhow, like I was, I was really uh, unhappy uh, working at my job, and so the universe saw fit that during the next budget, my job didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, so I had been hanging out and volunteering uh, at St. Christopher's and B. Diddy. Uh, uh, Preston Elder, the guy who, uh, uh, who was the program director there, uh, who was my counselor back no. in the day. No way. Uh, yes way. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he was like, look, man, we'll pay you. Like, we'll give you a tech job. You can drive the guys to meetings or whatever until you find another real job. Um, and I absolutely loved it, and I found it fulfilling. Mm. And um, eventually I, I accepted a job, you know, with a corner office and, like, windows and a view and a lot of money. And at the end of the first week, I went into the boss's office and told him, I can't do, do this. Mm. You know, like, it's, mm. it, it doesn't touch my soul. Uh, mm. Wow. He kind of laughed. Mm. Yeah, and he was cool about it. He was like, dude, wow. if, if you're going to find fulfillment, like, go do that. It's like, we do marketing research. Like, we don't touch people's souls. <laughs> and, you know, so, like, I went back. I went back and I never looked back. Um, wow. And so I just, you know, big shout out to that place. It saved my life. Yeah. And it actually, uh, I, I think it's, it's helped a whole lot of people how they do it. Yeah, help save um, mine. Shit. And, mine uh, too. So, anyhow, I would see. But funny, funny memory. So you, when you were talking about doing room searches uh, earlier, uh, those were always fun because really, it's it's a game. Like, yeah, it is a it's game. A ga- it's a game that I get to go play, and I'm like, all right, it's like hide and seek, and it's fun. <laughs> it really is fun trying to figure out where people like hit some shit, and rarely was it ever like I found some drugs because like. No. If you're in rehab and you have drugs, you're yeah. going to take them. Yeah, you ain't yeah, stashing yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you're taking them. Like this poor kid, I remember once, he uh, he uh, apparently, instead of going to work, he got on the Greyhound bus, went to New Orleans. Yes. Found, found some dope, shot up on the bus back to Baton Rouge, and was nodding out in group. Yes. Like completely nodding out. And the other counselor I was working with was like, What's up, man? <laughs> no, you, you meant you meant. I tell that story so often because the most glorious part was we got like I don't know, like ten bucks a week or something. This dude saved money for like two and a half months for this plan, like nickel and diming, like three bucks a week or something. Did he really? And yeah. Oh, it was a long process. Oh, I didn't know that story. Because y'all, because we got like 20 bucks and then we had to turn in receipts so like you could really only like scam like three bucks or something like that and this was after hurricane katrina and they were offering a bus from baton rouge to new orleans and this dude just timed it signed out for work hopped on the bus drove the or rode to new orleans asked some homeless dude at the bus station shot up in the greyhound bathroom on the way back like on the bus and then was back in time for dinner group <laughs> like legendary yeah. dude <laughs> he like yeah that's one of the wildest things i remember uh, uh yeah so like doing room searches I, I i remember once finding apparently there was this collection of uh so People, you used to be able to have magazines in this rehab. Then they, they, they decided you can't have magazines because people were getting uh, Maxim was the popular magazine at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I've heard it referred to as prisoner porn. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and apparently it's re, it's rehab porn, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, one time I found this collection of, it, it wasn't even like Maxim magazine. It was like Time and Newsweek and like, <laughs> Bra sale from Victoria's Kmart. It was like the Sunday circular God. pornography collection. Uh, <laughs> dude, I remember I we were we were part of that. The Sunday paper was like a hot commodity, dude. Like <laughs> it was. And I felt bad. I felt so bad because I was like like, it really sucks that this is it does we were reduced to a <laughs> low level Kmart bra as a, re- right. a low level so yeah that was that was one of the funnier things that i found uh, <laughs> that's good it just random that. random shit like, like you know candy wrappers and like yeah yeah it's just crazy stuff uh i don't ever remember fight like i never found a gun or like a knife no. or there were no like shivs or shanks, shanks in this rehab. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It was yeah. like the the worst it got was like someone got his clothes sprayed down with bleach, and then he just like called a meeting about it. And... <laughs> no, that, it was that was such that was such an interesting time, man. Yeah, so, I love that's that. So crazy, I know. And 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 here we are. Yeah. Here we are, and like I've had a bunch of them on this show. Uh, if l- listeners. Uh, John W was one of them. Uh, ben was one of them. Uh, mm. Dirty Mike, of course, was the one. That fucking <laughs> kid, dude. You, you got it. We gotta like. Uh, we need to come visit, or we gotta meet up again somehow. Um, yeah. we do. We do. Next time I'm in Lafayette, we should all go. Actually, we should. We should go record a podcast. We should. Yeah, we should. We should do it live. Um, well. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Jeffrey. We'll uh, catch you next time for sure, man. Absolutely. You guys are so welcome. Thanks for the uh, the fun stroll down memory lane. Absolutely. did man he did smashed smashed are we back yeah oh shit yeah that's yeah. what i wanted to start with was <laughs> so, that you yeah, got crushed I was, so jeffrey 
totally threw a wrench in my whole 12-step story. Because here I was thinking I was like getting away with getting loaded in intensive outpatient, and um, I was wrong. So, yep. Thanks, Jeffrey. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. So, in overdose news, that's you know what's you know what's terrible is that that could really be a segment. That could be a segment. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. That's sad. So it, it, it came to light that Tom Petty was an overdose. Oh, I think I did hear about that. And the dude from uh, Storm Chasers. Wait, was it Hurricane Hunters or Storm Chaser? Oh, yeah. Uh, he overdosed. overdosed. Yeah. In a freaking hotel room. Jeez. Oh, heroin, I'm sure, huh? I think, yeah. I want to say his might have been the old... Um, Tom Petty was fentanyl. Oh, fentanyl! But like yeah. the patches, like he he had emphysema and cancer, and like basically the way the way they wrote it up was that he was just like, I'm out, kind of. Which I don't, yeah. you know. Hey, right? I'm, you know, I'm not gonna. It was, it was so it was an accidental death. It was. They well, this is I hate when they 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 pinned it as like accidental death, but it's like mm-hmm. you, it's not a fucking accident. It's it, not you, accidental if you. Wrote yeah, it, it was an accident that that you died as a result, but you know what you were doing. Right, right, right. because well, right. I, I on the internet there was a ton of people like, oh, it's so sad that like people just slip up on their medicines. Like, no, no, wait a minute, no, 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 what? no, dude knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't plan on dying. Or maybe he did. I don't know. Big Pharma knows exactly what they're doing, too. Right, dude. Big worm, big perm. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, uh, did you hear they also cloned a monkey for the first time? <clears throat> what? It's kind of scary. It's one step closer. That's that's the, the, the thing they've been trying to do for decades, and they finally successfully cloned. That was, like, super recent? Yeah. Oh my God! Yep. Man. What has science done? I mean, you know, it's funny. I remember when I was getting my master's degree, <clears throat> I would ask the question. Um, I would say, if human beings could clone themselves, I would say, does does that clone version of yourself have consciousness? And what I mean by consciousness is like, you know, does it have like a soul? That God, that yeah, soul, the God spark. Um, I was the only person in all my classes I asked that question that they were like, "Would you, well, yeah, of course. Does anyone think it wouldn't?" I'm like, "No, I, I'm like me." Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't know that I think it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, don't I just because I feel like only God can create man. I do too. You know, and but, so or, ooh, that's fucking weird. But uh, mm. that's I, I guess that's why human cloning just needs to remain banned. Yeah, like cause that's I just don't we don't need to find out. Like, what if it's some sort of weird anti soul or not, who knows? I mean, <laughs> yeah, what do we, yeah, what do we, what's the point there? What are we really trying to do? Like, betray Lucifer? Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for releasing me, foolish humans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I could. I can't do a Frieza voice. That's tough. Oh no, that's a hard voice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how about some today I learns? You haven't yeah. even been, you haven't been listening, have you? Uh, yeah, God, dude, the face you just gave me was what's today I learned? 
today, so today I learned. Um, no, I wasn't asking you, bro. I was. You haven't listened, bro. Listen. So <laughs> I was saying. I will take over your segment. Jeez, bro. Yeah, you, you you can't just rip them off the dome, bro. This is like a a segment, bro. I wasn't asking you what you learned today, you buffoon. Right, what, you buffoon. God, bro. <laughs> Wow, you were literally about to be like, "What did I learn today, man?" Well, <laughs> he literally, he literally cocked his head up, uh, hand on the chin, and went for the. Hmm, what did I learn today? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Go. All right, I'm sorry. That that was just too good to to pass up. So, uh, I got a couple. The first one is, um, there was a thing called a coffin torpedo. Quotes. Uh. It was a small shotgun secured inside the lid of a coffin to, quote, prevent the unauthorized resurrection of the dead. So whenever the lid was pried open, the shotgun fired lead balls and was used as an experimental deterrent to the rising tide of body snatchers in the late 1800s. Wow. Dude, how ruckus is that? (laughs) I mean, who were these bodies? What were they uh, snatching bodies for? Medicals. Well, a lot. This was like, um, I want to say medical mostly, mm. um, and That's... then like jewelry robbers too. Oh, I can't remember yeah. what the. Um, I want to say it was all medical experiments, but there was mm. like a huge th- problem of body snatching then. I guess it is a good thing we have like regulations around experiments and review boards now. Yeah, but apparently, but like then I also found out that for so if you want to fake your own death, it costs about six grand, and they buy you a body from the Philippines, like. Yeah, so that's what like regulations. Eh, like we're still <laughs> doing some around, really dude. crazy like stuff, that. dude. Yeah. Oh man. Um. <laughs> uh, and this was the other one this one's short and it just really it really just blew my mind so you know the composer John Williams he wrote mm-hmm. Star Wars famous classical you know movie composer you know who his son is no the lead singer of Toto wait what is Toto I felt the rains down in Africa oh, oh alright alright <laughs> wow yeah isn't that crazy that is pretty crazy. We've come from a land down under. That's also Toto. <laughs> well, listen, bro. That talk about fall flat because you fucking don't know who Toto is. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, bro. <sighs> I miss what I miss with the hip hops. I know all the hippity hoppities. All right, all right. That's my area of expertise. Yeah. Oh. This but is, I but I know exactly sh- what song you're talking about, so I do know who Toto is. Well, this one's. How about this? This is for the Super Bowl, uh, even though they're not in it. Do you know where the Baltimore Ravens got their name? No. Because Edgar Allan Poe is from Baltimore. Oh wow! Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Huh. Isn't that, hmm. yeah, Things that make you go. Huh. Things oh. to make you go. Hmm. hmm. Huh. Yeah, huh. I mean, and that's good because because a lot good. of teams just like. Like the Utah Jazz. Yeah, what, is, what does Utah have to do with jazz? What does Utah have to do with jazz? Did they start in New Orleans? 
they started in New Orleans. Yeah, it's they, like, come they, on, like, dude. Bought if, our name, but it's it, like, it why, are the, why are y'all even trying to buy our name? It should, <laughs> it should be the Utah Mormons. Utah Mormons. Yeah, everyone would go see them. The, the Utah, the, wait, the Utah polygamists. <laughs> Could you imagine the halftime shows? <laughs> Wild. <laughs> and now we've got Jeremiah and his seventeen <laughs> wives attempting a half court shot. He's going to tip his hat to all you fine folks. Oh, man. Well, I, I think with that, we'll, uh, you know. What? Sure. No way. This was just fun. I've never. <laughs> have you ever heard, have you ever heard Houston called, be called Clutch City? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, that's just like a, apparently that, uh, that's. name. Well, like that's. Portland, uh, Portland's Rip City. Well, apparently it's it's such a used nickname that the Postal Service will recognize that as Houston, Texas. <laughs> Clutch City, dude. I'm going to start writing letters to Clutch City. All right. Well, yeah. Well, people, if you want to be like Tis, Tisa? 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 Is it Tisa? Tisa. Tisa. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why. I don't get the shout-outs. <laughs> um, send us an email, churchyotherdrugs at gmail.com. Um... We still got t-shirts. Join our Patreon, and we will talk to you later. See y'all next time. Peace.